Everybody and welcome to episode 297 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my busted co-hosts Peter and Jake. Kablamo, Kurt. Uh, we're here this week with the the goat type weed edition of the cast. Um, as Jake has just gotten, tell he's just finished telling us right before we started um, of. Of a type of goat plant that is not the horny goat weed, but it is goat heads. So uh, they're little tiny desert caltrops, apparently, that uh, you can lance your feet on just by walking around. It's uh, it's it's almost Australian in nature. It, um, it was terrifying. And it saddened me that their dogs would just track them in from the outside. So you were not safe in your house. <laughs> you weren't safe. You thought you were, and then you'd step on step on one with your bare heel, and you cry like you were born yesterday, <laughs> and you're a 30-year-old man. <laughs> Nature wants their Legos, too. Yes. <laughs> Don't go to New Mexico. No, you can live in New Mexico. Where should we if go instead do, today, Jake? You should, you should go to New Mexico for a visit. But wear your shoes. Go to New Mexico because that's where we're coming at you live <laughs> from the from the dunes of White Sands National Park. Uh, yep, we set up a table at the top of one of these dunes and we ran a uh, three thousand foot extension cord from our uh, vehicle that we parked ways away. Um, and it was yeah, I uh, tried to tell Jenny. Jake that you know we could have just parked the van closer. Everyone have needed this three thousand foot extension cable, but he was very insistent that we do it this way. Yeah, there were multiple better locations. I just wanted to get on top of a dune, and uh, it's. I mean, if you if we see him out of breath at any point, it's probably because we're at a higher el- elevation, and the gypsum, uh, the gypsum sands are absorbing all the oxygen somehow and making it harder to breathe. Peter did did. Try to warn Jake that we weren't going to find sandworms out yeah. here. I, um, but he's like, oh, the spice must flow. Oh. I wanted to do a dune TikTok for us and uh, have like a little, you know, maybe I would be the worm going through the sand. And re- Peter would ride me and then Kurt would just be like, spice melange, <laughs> spice melange. <laughs> Kurt's just gonna, he's gonna be, you're gonna be barren. Just shave your whole head. <laughs> My dude's we'll floating up. over here. Or gain <laughs> 400 pounds to be the David Lynch version. <laughs> yeah. Or you could be Sting. Or you could be Sting. You could be the, their enforcer. <laughs> With his, what, what did he have? He had like weird, like, ankle, like, uh, uh, razors or some shit that like popped out. I think he had like the, like, little, like, uh, fucking the shredder elbows. The rude Kaiser. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My man's out here with eighteen hundred attack for a tribute. He's got man's got rude Kaiser arms. Only That's... out, only outplayed by Trent. <laughs> when they try to kill Trent, remind them that Trent is immortal. You cannot kill Trent. Um. All right, I've oh great we, podcast trailers. That's what we started with trailer yeah. well, review roundup segment. We 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 lost the thread of what we were actually doing today. It died. 
Uh, and you might say it's in the Ghostbusters colon afterlife. Yeah. Which... Um, I was going to make an Oklahoma joke to try to shame Jake for picking New Mexico when Oklahoma was right there. Um, but the moment has passed. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted everyone to know that I had thought of it in the moment. <laughs> and that's almost as good as actually making a clever joke. We live. It, the spirit of the staircase is, is alive in the Saturn studs. No matter how late that comeback comes, we will we will remain open to it. The jerk store called. The bunny out of you. Uh, um, yeah, it's Ghostbusters colon afterlife. I think I'm going to start doing that now. It's just saying the colon when there's a colon in a movie. Like mm-hmm. how I read the punctuation my MTV user reviews. <laughs> like... It's, it makes movies so much fun. You're like, fucking Independence Day colon resurgence. I'll tell you what, my colon was resurged after watching that movie. Underworld colon resurrection? I, I'm surprised you watched it. I would, I I, would I not. I did. I never, I never watched it. That's a lie. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, uh, you know, I would not want to uh, uh, disparage the original Oh yes, because the original was such a the original was cinema. so good, <laughs> and I don't want to watch it currently because my my memory of it is as a youth, and that youth memory is just like picture perfect. Uh, hmm. So there's two no, words that you need to know it. about Independence Day, and those words are Roland Emmerich. <laughs> there's nothing wrong yeah. about it. I it is it's precious. Like we I watched. Um, we're not reviewing Don't Look Up, but I watched Don't Look Up earlier this week and you see that and then i look at the in the movies coming out and you get moonfall moonfall they're two drastically different movies about the same (laughs) same (laughs) (laughs) yes the roland emmerich special let's throw a message about environmentalism at the end of my disaster movie (laughs) completely shoehorn that in there I will never forget the ending of the day after tomorrow where the president's like, we must seek refuge in the countries we so callously refer to as the third world. He's referring to Mexico, by the way. He's referring- <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I, you know, I would, I, as Peter dies, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to think that like Moonfall and Don't Look Up were both created like at the same time. and They're Hollywood at, twins, like Bugs some, Life and Ants. Yeah, at Deep some impact point. in Armageddon. At some point, it got chopped up, and then the storyboards got diverted to different directors, um, and one became a comedy, and one became this action-packed crazy One became bullshit. another comedy, but and not not quite on purpose. <laughs> and just one side smoked a little bit too much weed, because they're like, what if the moon wasn't the moon? And it fell. Title Jake. right there. <laughs> I think That's Roland, how weed works. I, I think That's Roland the narkiest I've ever has, seen you. <laughs> I think he just has a map of the universe and just various posters are of things around his room, and he has a dart with a mushroom cloud on the end, and he just kind of throws it. And whatever he hits, that's what he's blowing up this I month. like to think he has three separate hats that have location, disaster, and um, marital status yeah. of protagonist. Yeah. Hey, if it's good enough for the South Park writer's room, it's good enough for, for us. <laughs> like, all right, I'm just going to go out on a limb and predict what the next Roland Emmerich movie is. Um, I'm going to say that the seas are going to explode. Like, the water is going to turn into fire. 
Mm. And it's going to be called Fire Water. And the widowed father has to save the day. <laughs> or no, he's going to call it Smoke on the Water. <laughs> if I just travel Never to the center of the earth. Purple. If I just travel to the center of the earth and set off this nuclear explosion <clears throat> before my daughter's ninth birthday, I might be able to save the world. The hydrogen atoms. They're inverting. But I have to get her a present. I have to buy her a Turbo Man. (laughs) There aren't any Turbo Man. You can't defeat Turbo Man. Uh, How are you going to be able to do it? You're bisexual. You can't do that. (laughs) I will force myself to. And then he drives... He drives a Mini Cooper through a fucking, like, city, like, yes. crumbling to dust around him. Yes. It's got to be, like, no bigger than a go-kart this time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's not a, any of the trailers. That's not a trailer. That's a lot better than any of the trailers we have. Hey, you know what I associate? <laughs> you know what I associate January with more than any other month of the year as we get into Trey Watch here? Horror. Hmm. Horror. So, naturally, every trailer we have here... With the exception, possibly, of the Bob's Burgers movie, but we have yet to see details on that, is a horror movie. Some some are, are campy and, and intentionally funny. Um, others seem a little more sincere. Um, mm-hmm. well, let's start with Kimmy. Um, Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy. Jeffrey Bezos comes for green-haired girl, who I think is Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Um... Yeah, this is this like um, what's that Alfred Hitchcock movie uh, where they where the lady witnesses the murder from her window um, with the binoculars? Disturbia. I, yes, <laughs> I I only was remember, that Hitchcock. Maybe it was. The it, original. Was an one? Old, it was an old one. I rem, I only oh, remember just... it because that '70s show parodied it. There was an episode with, uh, it was, Fez had, like, he saw Bob taking out, like, a, a black plastic bag. He's like, oh, did he murder his wife? Zoe Kravitz is, in fact, uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. So, that's, so, basically, young girl has Alexa, and Alexa sends her audio of women being murdered, and she tries to investigate why and how she was murdered but she's getting too close to a grand conspiracy and so people come to take her away the girl with the dragon nft yes <laughs> um yeah uh disturbia was based off of hitchcock's um piece uh rear window rear window ah i see it's a popcorn remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Alfred Hitchcock? More like for, Alfred Richcock. Wait, for Generation yeah. Xbox? What? What the fuck is that? Generation Xbox. That's the production company, I guess. Uh, next up, we have Hatching. Girl finds egg. Girl becomes bird. You're burying the lead here. Um, first off, they find like a regular blackbird in their house, and it bites the mom's nipple off. Uh, yeah, and then she snaps its head in a little thing, and you're like, and the first shot in the movie, you're like, all it's already like, what the fuck is going on here? Because they're in their living room, in like that no person would ever have as a living room. Like there's Greek statues, and like everyone's wearing pastel uniforms, and they're sitting on the couch taking a selfie with like a selfie stick. 
you know, just let's your, take selfies. Your normal afternoon selfie, yeah, uh, that you do at tea time, um, and then in through the pink curtains comes this blackbird, and then the mom just fucking gives it the old neck breaker. Yeah, she marks that shit. She's like, "How dare yeah. you come into my house?" And then the girl finds an egg in the forest, and it it you know quintuples in size as eggs are known to do, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah. And the the most obtusely creepy version of um, Mama's Gonna Buy You a Mockingbird plays, you know. It's all in a um, different language. It's got a lot of weird, like, cutaways and clips. And I don't know if the girl is, like, this is, it's like a, you know the scenes in Black Swan where fucking Natalie Portman's losing her goddamn mind? Yeah. It's basically that for 90 minutes. Yeah. It's it, but she gets she gets all the powers of a bird, including fragile bones <laughs> and eating seeds and regurgitating them. Yeah, it's, it's like, like somebody just remembered off the top of their head like what birds are known for, and they're just like, yeah, let's make a movie out of this. I remember this in grade school. Like birds have hollow bones and they regurgitate shit. I have the chameleon's most powerful ability. His claws. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Donna out here pioneering this brand. Yeah, this um, shit so is that's... really, really creepy. I don't, I don't like any of this. It's all in some weird foreign language. See, I, I, I listen to this. I watch this with the sound off, so I'm just guessing what's going oh, on. Oh, with the sound on, it becomes schlock as fuck. This yeah. reminds me exactly of like something a Jontron React video would be. So like in thirty years he'll be like, let's watch this movie. Old man Jontron posts his his third video after twenty twenty two. I really do want to see Jontron in the seventies still doing that shit. I know. It just it becomes like every other month he posts a video, it's every other year. It's like, hey guys. <laughs> Play great shit. Well, we got, we got <laughs> fucking two two new Jontrons within like days of each other a uh, few weeks ago. What if he's creating a stockpile and he's like, I'm back, baby? Well, I think what happened was uh, he missed his Halloween deadline on the exorcism one, and the watching dislike videos was supposed to come out around Christmas. Um, but they, they just Didn't pushed them like both that. out because <laughs> they had them done. Um. Next up, we got the Bob's Burgers movie. Yep. Very excited about this. I love Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers is is good. TV. I also like Bob's Burgers. I haven't really kept up with it. Um, yeah. Past, like the fifth season. So I have Anyth- no idea what the current state of the show is. Anything with H. John Benjamin is just like, yep. Count me in. Yeah, I mean, you don't see a ton. They don't give a ton away, but it, it seems like it's going to be, you know, in the same vein of the Simpsons movie, which is just a long, uh, high production valued episode, episode yeah. of of the yeah. show. Which, you know, there are worse things in the world. Um, I'd say it's probably the best looking movie of our rather depressing <laughs> suite of trailers here. Um, although there is one that wasn't on here that. I will uh, probably have to. I, I know Jake will enjoy that. I'll throw out there. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you've seen it. If you all right, he's looking confused. He doesn't know. 
I'll find it and I'll post it and he'll go ape shit. How many words are in the title and how many of them are Japanese? Uh, none of them. Okay. Shingeki um, no Kyojin, season four, part two, part three, volume six. That's all yeah, we're getting they ended, to. They part. ended the story. They did the whole show. This is bonus seasons. Vox Mahina. Oh, hey, yes, I did actually watch that trailer. Um, okay. I'm actually supposed to be watching that with um, uh, with Dave. Uh, coming up soon because we're big, big old, big fucking gay D and D nerds. Um, yeah. Oh, so the red was, So, Kurt, do you know about this? Uh, um, no. Okay. So, do you know about Critical Role? Yes, we listened to a single turn of theirs in between classical music on our way back up from New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, the fucking the radio came on and just like spliced in like roll. I roll d twenty with advantage, and then it just went right back to like fucking Bach. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I listen to their podcast. Yeah, they play D and D good, and people like the D and D that watching them. And they made a little Kickstarter. They said we're gonna animate one of our campaigns. And then they got a million billion dollars. So I think you're selling it a little bit short, but that's okay. So the the also the the other reason because there's a million D and D podcasts out there um, with like how how many people like to play it, record it, how easy it is. These people are like professional. If there were ever a professional D and D player, these guys would be considered it. Um, well, if they make their money playing D and D, that makes they them that's part of it. They are voice actors, so they're all voice actors, first of all. And it's run by uh, Matthew Mercer, who uh, does a ton of voice acting for legendary rules lawyer segment. <laughs> um, yeah, so he did. He did. Um, uh, what I don't remember what his new name is, but he was uh, McCree mm-hmm. in Overwatch, or he, he he voices McCree, now known as some other fucking bullshit name, oh, but whatever. Uh, he's McCree in Overwatch. He was also Leon in uh, Resident Evil. Uh, and I think he has a couple other big time roles. Um, they all have like they all have like one big thing. Like I know Ashley Johnson was the voice of um, in Last of Us One and Two. She was the the girl Ellie. Is that her name? Ellie. Ellie? Yeah. Yes. Um, like so yeah. my bunny. All very very good uh, voice actors and actors, and they are. Uh, Big big old D and D nerds. So they have been playing. They've been playing this D and D game uh, by themselves for a long time, and they decided, hey, let's make a podcast out of it. Um, Cole Cassidy, yes, thank you. Um, so they've been playing this D and D podcast or playing D and D game, and then they finally decided to record it, and it ended up blowing the fuck up. They made a whole production company. They're on their like. Th- third campaign now i think if i'm not mistaken um the second one was much shorter than the first one but they go they go through the whole storyline it's very emotional each episode is like four hours long and there's like i think in the first season there's 160 episodes all three to four hours long so you do the math a good amount of time so if you ever have a lot of listening time it's very entertaining um so yeah, they did a Kickstarter to um, get like comic books and a TV show eventually made of their first campaign, uh, and they the Kickstarter blew up overwhelmingly, and then Prime 
uh, Amazon Prime picked it up and ran with it and fully funded it. So it's finally coming out. It's like a couple years in the making, I think, if I'm not I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. So it's... very hyped about it. They just show us a couple clips um, of it and definitely some references <laughs> from the actual thing. And it looks authentic as shit. I kind of sweet dropped out the call here, uh, so I can't hear Jake right now. Oh, okay. Um, Jake is uh, for for those of you at home who've also dropped exactly one third of the audio. Jake is just describing the the storied history of the Machina um, in the box. I'm back. He's back. Right, um, so good inside jokes for a podcast on this on this show. I'm going to watch it. It's it's like arcane all over again. Well, well it's, it's like, like our it, fucking I, show. I guess inside jokes, but like they all have like their one goofy moment. They all have their, their goofy moments that they like to repeat, and they became like a recurring joke. Um, like, uh, and there's because there's a lot of customization stuff you can do with D and D with magic and whatnot. Because you can like create objects or whatever. Oh, um, sure. You can technically in D and D you can direct magic to come from anywhere on your body and the one jokester guy said i want to i want it to come from my crotch so every time he would do this one ability is that he would do like a crotch shot and do scalen's hand it's very it's it's a very haha moment it's it's good I'll take we all for it. the big love funny it. Yes. they make big big laugh um okay so that's that i suppose and the last one i got on my slate here Actually, I'm sorry. We have X, which X. stars the 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 octogenarian monster, which is literally just an old old woman. I'm pretty fucking sure that this is just <clears throat> a modern retelling of Manos, the Hands of Fate. I thought, you know, it's A24, and A24 made the disaster artist. So I thought for like a second that this was going to be like a Manos behind the scenes sort of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrong. It it's just, <laughs> the monster's just an old woman. It really is just just an octogenarian lady who's not well and somehow has super murderer powers. Scary old lady. Um, it's an A twenty four horror movie. Um, they've made a million of these. They're all the same, except <laughs> I'm sure they're not all the same to people who watch them. But from the outside looking in, it's all cheap, low budget nonsense yeah this one's got jokes this time because they're all doing a porn when the when the old when they, they get attacked and then the cops are like i found the camera what kind of heinous shit is on what do you this? think's on here and then the 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 black sheriff's like some messed up horror picture and then the movie Da-da-da. became self-aware in that moment I, they may have actually stolen from us in that uh, we were the ones who pioneered horror, uh, the the ambiguity of it. And they said, oh, that's a great idea. We'll make a horror movie. Yes, the horror, terror from the deep. Mm-hmm. Um, that whale snatch. Uh, <laughs> the last, <laughs> last uh, movie we got up here is Studio 666, <laughs> which is a movie that I, I saw a trailer for just randomly. And uh, I'm sorry, we got we have I missed I missed against the ice, but yes. who cares about that? Um, we'll get around to it. Uh, Studio six 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 is um, 
and I say these words in this order with full sincerity, a haunted house uh, rock opera horror movie uh, from Foo Fighters. Yes, comedy (laughs) horror. I thought that was Dave Grohl on the... What, yeah, is there, is it sure is Dave, Dave Grohl, Grohl with yeah. uh, with vampire teeth. Uh, Dave Grohl mm-hmm. gets possessed and murders his bandmates mm-hmm. um, because they find the Necronomicon or some shit like that. Um, but it's think think uh, Tenacious D crossed with Evil Dead Two, and I think you have a pretty good idea of what Studio Six 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 has in, in store for you. Yeah, I'd say so, and it's it's all the Foo Fighters. As themselves, so get ready for some mediocre, inconsistent acting. <laughs> One of those guys feel like they just don't fit. Like the gray hair guy, one in the middle, just seems like he's he's the dad trying to fit in with the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't the know. Dad sh- I, maybe not all like guitarists and bandmates people and people in band should be actors uh, well i'm pretty sure that a... they kind of like pay I for don't this know, movie man. also um they're all really old now like yeah <laughs> they've been they've been together as a band for like 20 some odd years now and this is not dave girl's first band <laughs> yes <laughs> he was in a small band you may have heard of called nirvana um, he just wasn't. Yeah, not, he wasn't cut out for them. They had to. They had to cut him loose. Well, um, something happened to Kurt Cobain. I don't know. Who's that? I don't fucking know who that is. Well, you don't, are you well, like? Do you uh, legitimately maybe, maybe not know he's who like, Kurt Cobain is? Maybe Kurt Cobain's in a different band now. Up in. I mean, up yeah. In, up in up at the pearly gates. I know. I know. Kurt Okay, because you know, so I don't know your taste in music. <laughs> I at least know Kurt Cobain. Is was the, is the uh, was he the first person or it was one of the he was like, the original first people. person? Yeah, no, was he was Adam the original human being. <laughs> yep, yep. Is Adam Adam Eve <laughs> Kurt Cobain? Is <laughs> the, the the other? He was people not mentioned. Like He's the third brother in the Cain and Abel thing, but he did not get involved <laughs> with any other sibling rivalry drama. <laughs> That was their first band in the in the in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was was a band. It's actually a mistranslation <laughs> of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. That was Kurt Cobain joint. He he invented that song. Yep, sure did. Um, what I was getting at was was Kurt Cobain the first guy who died uh, who started like the Twenty Seven Club? Um, I don't all, know. All the, like, because there was like a curse in like the 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 Hollywood scene. Where you party too much as a kid and you die around twenty seven. I'm or pretty sure Courtney Love happened. shot him. I'm pretty sure that's what happened to him. Yeah. I, 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 I just to clarify. You're asking if Kurt Cobain is the cha- the head chair of the twenty seven club. Yeah, yeah. The card carry the card carrying founding member. How old I was he know. when he passed? Was he twenty seven? Yeah. Let's let's look into. Yes, he was twenty seven. So there's a, there's a sure. whole Wikipedia. There's a Rolling Stone page. Brief history of the twenty seven club. Oh no, he's definitely not. Uh, Robert Johnson looks like it might be because his picture's in black and white. <laughs> and he's what? a blues Delta blues. 
What, what is this? I'm looking at the 27 Club. And the and the first entry is fucking Ale, Alexandre Levy, born November 10th, 1864, died January 17th, 1892. Not 1982, 1892. <laughs> Works. So, so it's, it's maybe a little older than, oh, than maybe I it guess is. we're thinking. I... Oh, Jimi Hendrix died when he was 27? Wow. Yeah. Holy dude, shit. Dude was a fucking bonfire of, of talent. Jesus, dude. imagine if he, like, stayed alive, the amount of music that he could have made. Well, you can say the same thing about Kurt Cobain. Same, yeah, yeah. Same room. They only made three albums, and yet they're, like, one of the most well-known bands of the 20th century. Um, anyway, so that's Studio 666. And the 27 Club. Uh, we have Against Ice, which is set in the Arctic, but does not star Mads Mikkelsen, so skip it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, How could they do this to Mads Mikkelsen? They, they're they trying to get the ice book back from Ice World, but there's, there's drama afoot and maybe frostbite on your foot. And a CGI polar bear. Standing on your foot. What is this? Lost? Wait. CGI oh. polar bears. Oh, it takes place so... in Greenland, 1909. Great year. Vintage. Great year for boats. Great year for Greenland. Great year uh, for Greenland and the F.O. of the world. I mean, just watching this trailer, I'm just like, yeah, this has something for everybody. It's got dogs in it. It's got. The guy from Game of Thrones who fucked his sister. Uh, so you can be like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> um, it's got boats and it's got cold. It's got bows. Nomads Mickelson, so that is a giant uh, downside to it. I'm going to reiterate that. Okay. All right. Can you just push it back in? No, 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 it's all good. Uh, just, just a couple set A couple hiccups. We're going to have to Don't sort that shit out. I got it. There's no issues. I'm a powerful man. You, you don't even know what happened, right? Powerful magics we're discussing. We cannot let mortal ears hear their secrets lest they go mad. Mickelson. Mads Mickelson, yes. I'm, um, I, mean, I mean, I'm here and I don't even know what's going on. So you did good. <laughs> I'm going to. You'll, <laughs> you will never know. And to follow that up, we go to now the follow-up. Uh, domestic 2022 Weekend 1. Except it's not the first weekend of the year. But that's neither right. here nor there. Uh, I'll give you one guess as to what's still the number one movie in America. <laughs> Yep, it's right there. Good. Add a, add a boy. Spoderman. Spoderman. Now add has boy, crossed Spoderman. the $1.5 billion threshold, Jesus which Christ. in the pandemic, how much money would this have made outside? This I, I'm convinced now this would have been a $2 billion movie. I don't, COVID. All right. I don't think this was affected by the pandemic. I can assure you it was, because there are people that would have gone to the theaters 
had there not been COVID concerns. I don't know. The Marvel the Marvel poll is strong, man. The Marvel poll is strong. One of the one of the one um, the the criticisms, uh, I guess, or the I don't know if it's criticisms, just I guess analysis of like the box office right now. Because again, going back to what was that movie that should have been like amazing? I don't even remember the name of it. God damn it! It was the night movie. Uh, oh, the, the last, last duel? duel. Yeah, the last duel, which for all intents and purposes was apparently an amazing movie. Aside from like maybe some poor marketing on their side, they didn't do enough of it. Mm-hmm. People just didn't want to go out and see it. I think people would have much rather seen that at home. I don't know if there was even a streaming option for that um and i think it just showed that people don't want to just go out and see a random movie for the sake of it because there is that covid concern but they're gonna risk it for the biscuit and bite the bullet and go see that spider-man they're gonna go see that i think to suggest that this movie was not at all affected by the pandemic is is foolish um it might not have been as effective as much as some of these other movies have been, but definitely I think it would have made more money were it not for the pandemic, especially since it came out right when Omicron was starting to heat up. It, it could be, but I mean, it broke, it did break pandemic records and there were, there were, I mean, times it's breaking some... regular ass records. I'm not saying it's not doing well yeah. despite the pandemic. That's all the more impressive that it's doing this well. I'm saying I think it would have made a lot more money had it not been in the pandemic. Because there have been other Marvel movies that have not made the kind of money they were projected to make because of the pandemic. Or, also, I I don't remember a lot of other ones that had legs like this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did, I mean, did Endgame go four weeks at number one? Um, I don't remember yeah, 100%. I think it probably went maybe even a little longer than that. Did it? Okay. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I mean, this is, it's pretty strong. I don't think Spider-Man, we could see five, maybe six, seven weeks at maybe number one. I don't know what movies are coming up that well, might knock it none down. none of the trailers we watched today are going <laughs> to yeah, fucking threaten right? it, that's for sure. No. I mean, it's also, it, it did come out in a really good time where you had uh, The Kingsman, which flopped, uh, Matrix Resurrections, which was an HBO Max one. Uh, I'm just, I'm just like... Burning through the box office list, but I don't think just, they flop so much as everyone went to see Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, actually, I, uh, Sing Two is actually pretty good, but I don't want to. I don't want to start naming off everything. I, yeah, I, I, but there's nothing I don't, I don't think that can like really bump it out. Like you have Encanto down here, which is at number seven. Well, that would have come out before it. But yeah, nothing like really came out that sh- could have like. Popped it down, and I don't know. Let me see. Movie clips trailers has like the next couple weeks. Like the, we have what? Scream. We have Jackass. What is that? Moonfall. Uncharted. I don't even know what these fucking movies are. What movie is Gal Gadot in? More like Gal Gadot. Death on the Nile. Red Notice. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that won't that won't do well. Moonfall um, is like the only other thing that I could think would would knock it down a little bit. Give it a, as, as as much as we joke on it, it's like a like a turn off your brain popcorn muncher. Like like when does Moonfall come out? Man, be monkey. I don't really know. 
I, I thought I figured I saw a lady in an astronaut suit. I kind of figured that was Moonfall. I could be wrong. Uh, that's releasing uh, in February. Yeah. So just a couple yeah, weeks February here. 4th. Okay, so maybe I mean by that time, sure, because that'll be like what seven weeks. Yeah, seven mm. weeks. People have gone to see it. I mean, that I went to go see it on home video at that time, pretty much. Yeah. Um, we'll see if it ever gets on Disney Plus. I'd like to see it finally go on Disney I don't Plus, but that would think mean it's good. Yeah, it's a Sony movie. Somebody would have to relinquish its claws, and I don't know. I haven't done it to the other ones, so um, oh well. I'm trying to find a straight answer on how many weeks Avengers Endgame was number one. Um, can we could go back that far and uh, what what year did it come out? Well, there's a list of box office records set by Avengers Endgame here. Uh, 2019, by the way, April 2019 was its uh, its highest grossing film of all time, highest opening weekend gross, fastest to 2.5 billion, uh, highest opening weekend, single day, Friday, Saturday. Fastest to six hundred fifty million domestically. Oh, here we go. Number one. Yeah, number one release. Okay, here we go. Um, so it came out. I just fucking just had it. Uh, came out in May. April. Maybe end of April. Oh, oh, I, I looked at it the reverse. Sorry. Yeah, April twenty sixth. Sorry. Uh, yep. Avengers Endgame. Uh, one. We'll go to the next week. Yeah, that's fine. Yep, number one. It got knocked down to two by John Wick, chapter three. Which, yeah, that that is gonna knock it down. But it still made Good, like thirty yeah. grand, thirty million. So, so I guess it. It. I mean, yeah, Spider Man. There's a reason they release these movies in December sometimes because it's not a big competition slate. I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had to ward off f- fierce competition from Sing Two. Um, hey, I, I saw know, Sing I know, 2. I know you're a fan of Sing 2, and I'm not saying Ooh. it's a terrible movie. Whoa. That koala bear <coughs> is fucking genius. That had some great animals in it. I did go see Sing 2. Oh, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Endgame had a deal with like Detective Pikachu, um, The Hustle, I guess that took some money away from it. Uh, but John Wick took money away from it pretty hard. Yeah, I mean it was in the summer movie season. Yeah, yeah, that that's, versus I mean, that's hard. And January. After, after that, I mean Godzilla came out in the end of May, and people wanted to see that for some reason in theaters instead of at home. But I think this is also like when COVID didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, what are you talking about? Twenty nineteen. Got to remember, King of the Monsters was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the monsters. Not Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, yeah, so speaking of sync, uh, so anyway, I, I suppose we haven't given the number $32.6 million uh, in its fourth week for Spider Man, down 41.8%, still in over 4,000 theaters. Uh, sync 2 is in a distant second with 11.5 million, down 42% itself. Um, in its third week, how much has that made? That has made 192 million worldwide. So probably a little disappointing for what they were mm-hmm. hoping for. 
Um, but they made their animal CGI movie and fuck it, they they're riding that cash cow into the bank. Kids and, love it too. Yeah, I it, it's it's such a transparent cash grabby kind of movie though, because it's like we own the rights to these songs. Let's just make a thinly veiled excuse to play all these songs. Yep, um, it's perfect. It works. Trolls is the same way. I think yeah. Trolls is the same way. They love the animation, the colors, and they're just like, ooh. Literally oh. every movie Warner Brothers has ever made is like that. Let us not forget that Trolls was the first movie where they tried out, or Trolls 2 was the first movie where they tried out the home premiere option. Yes, and it oh, yeah. made a lot of money on the home premiere option. Um, opening in third, we have a movie that I've never heard of. Uh, the Free oh. Five Five uh, opened with $4.6 million, but more importantly, opened with a spot in our spotlight. Uh, it's our yeah, spotlight yeah. film of the week. Pew, 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 Q air horns. Um, so it's got a 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb. 26% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 40% on Metacritic. So the pros don't seem to like it too much. Let's check out the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes real quick here. That is an 82% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. Um, but the IMDb users, a more civilized cut of humanity that live in you know mm-hmm. all the high society places like Bridges, under bridges, under highway overpasses, in abandoned box factories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really where you hobnob with you the, could, the best of society. You could say they're a secret organization. Uh, they gave it a 4.6 overall. But specifically, uh, we've picked six people who have submitted six individual reviews to color your perspective of this. Um, Dr. Ted, Dr. Tedophiles. Um, gave this a 10 out of 10. Oh, no. And uh, I decided very early on because of one line, the voice that I'm going to uh, read this in. Um, Don't believe the misogynist. The movie was great. As an action movie buff who dislikes gratuitous profanity, it's hard to find movies to satisfy both requirements. It w- this was great! Exclamation mark. The great action, start to finish, spot on acting, with a couple of twists that even tugged at your emotions. Ellipses with the space afterwards. If you have a heart, that is. Exclamation mark. Plus no unnecessary f bombs. I saw it with my adult son, and we're both waiting for the sequel. Fan Bing Bing was flawless. Go Miss Bing Bing. <laughs> 19 out of 112 found it. I saw it with my adult son. I don't know why that got me so much. His adult son is just a funny fucking word. I talked about when we reviewed Scoob. There's just something inherently funny about the word adult son. Unless it's like inappropriate and you wouldn't want to take a child to it. And he was like, "Ah, I didn't take my children to this. Don't worry. I took my adult son. My baby kid. I didn't take any babies to this. Well, you you said the uh, was what was the title to that? Don't listen to the misogynists. Yes. Good. 
Did you find one? <laughs> I got one that that is uh is piggybacking off of this one. Uh, here we go. It's one out of ten. One out of ten. Freak Flyer sixty. Free, and not freak as in like freak. It's like frequent, but like just F R E Q. So, okay. Okay. Freak Flyer 60 says, I see the headlines in some of these reviews here saying to don't listen to the men. I'm sorry, but this movie is purely lousy. Bad acting, along with the fake women are all powerful and men are nothing rhetoric. When will Follywood? Like, like Follywood as in Follywood? Is it like as like in a F-E- folly? Or, F- oh, oh yeah, I guess. So folly, like as a in fake. Yeah, yeah, folly. Yeah, folly. So <laughs> doesn't even work, son of a bitch. Follywood was right there for you. Folly. Yeah, folly. Like yeah, the folly. Yeah, that works much better than you can actually have the. Oh, well, damn it. When will Follywood go back to making believable movies? Who knows? Time for a reality check. 54 out of 69 found that helpful. Wow. That's Which a is a good, very it's high, a high percentage. <laughs> I know. It's a lot I'm more upset. than the one I read. <laughs> I'm upset about it. <laughs> Too many people found that helpful. Oh, jeez. Um, from Chad K45495, um, we've got his 5 out of 10, Mission Implausible. <gasps> and I'll see if I can't... Uh, do the most Chad voice I know. <laughs> That's not possible. I'm, I'm ready for Peter's Chad voice. <laughs> I, I'm trying to... I, I gotta pull it back. Okay. Um, Want to carve out two hours for this sucker? I've seen worse. I've seen Anna. Imagine a world where wanted killers weave through bustling marketplaces, brandishing weapons in plain view, attacking victims and then disappearing before anyone's the wiser. Or a hacker who puts Mr. Robot to shame, instantly and effortlessly breaking into a network with every live security camera in a major European city just by twiddling her fingers over a keyboard. Welcome to the 355. It's a movie, you say. Of course. One must suspend disbelief for a hot minute, but that becomes quite a chore when you can one believable character out of four. Peter's accent has begun to wander. It's mo- it's moving, guys. Get a load on before it gets out of town. The tired espionage tropes become exhausted. And a comprehensive plot summary can be deduced after 30 minutes. Less if you take if you're keen on these things. Action sequences quick cut like a movie trailer. Stock villains. Cringe subtext. The litany of cinema transgressions runs long. <laughs> and the chuckles and groans fill in the theater. <laughs> But I've been harsh. The protagonists get a decent backstory treatment and are forced to make difficult choices. 
The sound and music amp up the excitement nicely. There's some chemistry between the cast, and they do the best with what they're given. While Chastain seems out of place here, I'll shrug and acknowledge the effort since not much else was believable, and I wasn't bored watching it. I guess it comes down to how bored you are before you decide to watch it. 14 out of 22. I need... The list of cinema transgressions was long. Immortalized forever. Somebody clip that for me, please. Cringe subtext. You said Chad. I was So I was trying to go with um, the tech guy from Don't Look Up. That failed hard. I got um, Colton and somehow my mammy and papa... <laughs> yeah. uh, from my my non-existent man the old the old, the old prospector gus chiggins uh, <laughs> clawed his way into there the original 49er <laughs> yeah i'm gus chiggins be careful there's some quicksand up there i, I was hills. here when we were the 48ers <laughs> and then they brought on that damn Bethany. Those damn 49ers <laughs> took my <laughs> job. <laughs> I said, go back east. Go back where you came from. Build <laughs> right. a wall around the 48ers. <laughs> All right, well, we got a review from Taylor. Tam uh, 10 review of 355. My teen asked, when does the next one come out? Question mark, exclamation point, before credits rolled. Two thumbs up, a circle, and they snap. <laughs> we went to 355 randomly, hadn't heard of it, but there was it was next to show to start. <laughs> 355 is an awesome, fun action movie. We both weren't ready for it to end, and my teen immediately said, when's the next one coming out? Just as I said in the title. Such fun movie. It was a little over two hours, which is normally way too long for us. Not a single boring moment. Usually, I prefer documentaries and movies based on true stories. 15 out of 82. Found that helpful. <laughs> Old country. A circle and a snap. So, I mean, you guys could just imagine the, the plethora of just... Total I'm sure, I'm sure some incels have, have fled, flooded the. Ooh. But it's got such uh, poor reviews everywhere. I gotta, I gotta think it's yeah. actually just a terrible movie. I, I think it is. I think, I think I can't. It, there's so many, there's 120 one star reviews. I cannot sift enough through the. I mean, I probably could do a search for woke and just like. And, and for, for context, for the for the, the benefit of the listenership, there were about like ten or twelve ten star reviews. Yeah, mm. and I, I just have I have too much. I'm like, I'm like a dog in a in a ball pit. Like I just, I'm overstimulated, you like know. Pig and shit. <laughs> <clears throat> so, for a um, I I like this title because uh, another one's is like Hollywood woke garbage if I could give this a zero female spies like I'll pick this one one out of ten woke force three five five by <laughs> B BK Hazlett by T Alex Jones <laughs> uh, yeah I trust Alec Baldwin running running a gun store before I let Simon box office bomber Kimberg direct a movie 
He has got to be the golden boy of profit loss. Review. Another garbage career-killing effort from Kidberg. Or at least it would be a career enter. I think I meant ender. <laughs> <laughs> if he was a legitimate director and not a cult leader trying to convert the masses to cult of woke. That, no, seven out of nine for that helpful. That need uh, to get those. Numbers. I wanted oh, that to keep. I, I was ready for more. I was ready for so uh, much these more. These are long. Now <laughs> these are like really long. <laughs> Give me more. I, I want could. that man. Uh, let me see if I can get more BK Hazlet because that man, if he has converted the masses, just to sinking my teeth into that. Mm. Yeah. All right, send it uh, home. He started. Peter. Yep. <laughs> he started bullying people. <laughs> I love that. We we got a nice punctual one from uh, Harold Gitgood. Um, with his four out of ten review, it has an all female cast though. Um, pitch meeting producers. This new spy movie has an all female cast. <laughs> all right, cool, cool. What's it about? <coughs> all female. Yeah, but what's the story? Five women. Maybe I'm not being clear. How how is this different from other spy movies? Five. <laughs> Thirty-five out of forty-five. Uh found it helpful. Nice. Um Okay, so that's that's the, <laughs> the three five five. The for list you. of cinematic transgressions runs long. The list of cinematic transgressions runs long, my friends. You know you know who you turn into at the end there? You turn into Paul Bearer. <laughs> Oh yes! <laughs> um, this guy gave this guy gave a one out of ten to Knives Out. <laughs> probably because there was a woman in the lead role. <laughs> he, the title of it is "What is this and what does Star Wars have to do with it?" Oh, it's a troll review. I see. Oh, is it? Oh, is he just a troll? Oh. No, because he he does have like some. He, for some reason, he reviews a lot of like TV shows, but he does give like actually. Okay. Um, below the free five five, uh, displaced by it even, the King's Man is uh, bringing in not quite three five five million dollars, three point two two three. American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, um, two point three million dollars, good enough for fifth place, down a spot. Matrix Resident. Resurrections drops another fifty one point eight percent. What? How? That movie was so good that I didn't watch. <laughs> I want to though. It was not great. I would not. I waste saw your the time. title of the podcast and I was like, <laughs> um, I was going to call it Matrix Regurgitations, but about ninety other channels beat me to that joke. So yeah, yeah. Um, Matrix colon regurgitations. <laughs> yeah. Matrix colon Are there any other kind? Um, (laughs) That brought in $1.8 million. Uh, The West Side Story remake uh, also drops a spot. Pretty much everything dropped a spot here uh, because of the 355, except for the two movies that were better than the 355. (laughs) Uh, $1.3 million for West Side Story remake. That has, to date, brought in $53 million worldwide. Gotta figure they lost quite a bit of money on that venture because they advertised the fuck out of it. Um, coming in a tick beneath that, we have Ghostbusters colon Afterlife. Uh, 1.115 million. 115. Uh, 
down 24.5%. Uh, only in 1,500 theaters, but still bringing pretty strong numbers. It's brought in $191 million worldwide, and you'll hear our thoughts on that at the end of the show. Uh, Licorice Pizza. Uh, holding it down. Holding it down at the bottom of the chart here, just under a million dollars, down 24.2% in under 1,000 theaters. So it's pretty respectable per theater take. And rounding out the top 10, we have House Gucci. Inexplicably coming back from 12th to kick <laughs> Encanto out of the top 10. Yeah, I guess Lady Gaga bought out a couple theaters because she wanted one more week in the top 10. Um, or maybe it was Adam Driver. Uh, who, one who, of them. Who would know? Um, who, who could remember? Uh, $616,000 down 22.8% in just 600 theaters. Um, so that's that's the top ten. Uh, also opening this week is C for Me, mm-hmm. um, with twenty three thousand dollars in thirty five theaters. Um, I will read to you the synopsis. When a blind former skier Sophie Cat sits in a secluded mansion, three thieves invade for the hidden safe. Sophie's only defense is Army veteran Kelly. Kelly helps Sophie defend herself against the invaders to survive. That's the actual synopsis written by a professional. When blind former skier Sophie Cat now hyphen cat hy- oh cat sits cat. oh she's cat sitting in a uh, secluded oh, mansion cat sits in a secluded I mansion. see okay. that that makes slightly I- more sense because <laughs> I read I was reading it with you and I read it Sophie I thought it was Sophie Cat and she just sits in a secluded mansion that's just I'm what like, she what does she- you know my skiing career is over I'm just gonna sit in the secluded mansion. Oh, when does Uncharted bl- come out? Blindly uh, sitting the 18th. February 18th? Yeah. So that yeah, that'll definitely knock it out if uh, nothing else does. Um okay, so that's the follow up. We move on now to gaming news which I've totally gotten stories for ahead of time. Um got for PC version launched. Um it's really good. Go play it. It's the same as God of War was before. On, on the PC now, so it's better. Um, Fantastic! I am definitely gonna. Is that just is that just Ragnarok or is it all God of Wars? I think it's just Ragnarok. Okay, well, I, or, or no, Ragnarok's coming out. So this is so God I, of I, I War Four. Yeah, God of War Four. Um, is that the one with with the boy? Yes, that is the one with boy. Um, okay. Uh, this is my annual. My every time God of War Four comes up. Uh, this is my reminder that there are three other God of War games, and they're all really good. So um, if you you finish that one and you're like, oh, man, I want more, uh, go pray, play the original Kratos trilogy. Uh, you'll have a fun time. I, I promise. Dude, but those graphics look different. Dude, God of War 3 for like a 2010 PS3 game looks incredible. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. Um, some crazy Half-Life modder has replaced Gordon Freeman with Spyro the Dragon, if in case you ever wanted to play uh, Spyro inside Half-Life. That makes me happy. Um, there's not a whole lot of news here. Um, although, Steam Deck news. So, a lot, as a lot of people know, the Steam Deck is running a custom flavor of Linux um, and Valve's goal is to have 100% compatibility with the Steam library for the Steam Deck. 
units, which is coming soon. I think next month is when the first units get shipped, right? Um, So one of the reasons Linux compatibility with gaming is kind of iffy is because of the way that anti-cheat works on Linux, or rather doesn't work. So um, Valve, I guess, is having some trouble uh, working around this easy (laughs) anti-cheat compatibility difficulty. Um, so you're probably not, when they said we want a hundred percent compatibility, um, I was pretty skeptical that that was going to be something they could achieve, um, within the time frame they had available to them. Uh, and it looks like it's probably not going to be compatible with any like serious multiplayer game that uses easy anti-cheat. Although I would recommend not playing a serious multiplayer game on your Steam Deck. That seems like not the best platform to use that for. But I guess if you're just trying to get into PC gaming and this is your vehicle to do that for, you might not have an option. So that kind of sucks. Indeed. Um, I got a cool one. Uh, It's not super. It's it's slightly. It's it's slightly gaming related. L.A. cops get fired for ignoring a robbery so oh. they could play Pokemon Go instead. I heard about that. I, yeah, I, I have heard this story. It uh, it got its made its way onto PC Gamer, and I'm happy about it. And it's got a big old Snorlax as the as the thumbnail. Love that. A California court has ruled that that two officers of Los Angeles Police Department who ignored a robbery in progress call so they could hunt down a Snorlax in Pokemon Go instead will be fired. Court documents indicate that the incident occurred in April 2017 when officers Louis Lozano and Eric Mitchell were on foot patrol. During their patrol, they received a call for backup to handle an active robbery with multiple suspects at a nearby mall. But instead of coming to help, they left the scene. When their sergeant asked about their failure to respond to the call, they claimed that they hadn't heard it because there was a lot of music. It was really loud in the park where they were patrolling. Um, Gotta catch them all. I want to try to find. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to try to find. Um, yes. Okay. Here we go. Uh, so there were court documents of like what they actually explained in court because they were trying to pass it off as though they actually weren't playing the game that they what they were actually taking pictures of them and there's like there's there's oh they're scrambling sound, there's sound footage or sound recording from the patrol car of them being like oh i almost got him oh this this guy is being really like really cringy shit too it's like oh this guy is so hard to get oh i got him yeah i caught the snorlax like they're just it's totally incriminating um so there was this one part uh at the point the matter was reserved referred to a detective for further investigation and things got even worse The detective determined that after several minutes of ignoring calls, the officers responded to a genuinely priority incident instead, the appearance of a Snorlax in Pokemon Go. They then spent about 20 minutes driving around L.A. talking about Pokemon and pursuing the Snorlax, during which time a Togetic also appeared, (gasps) and after catching the Snorlax, they agreed to get the Togetic too. This was apparently a tricky business. Lozano buried it and ultra-balled <laughs> the Togetic, but Mitchell struggled to capture the creature, although he was eventually able to make the bust. The 
Guys are going to be so jealous, Mitchell said, after he finally made the capture. I thought it was Toga Kiss for a minute there. I was like, I got swept by a Toga Kiss. Well, not a sweep. It was two Pokemon, and I went down to it. I didn't have anything to hit it with. Uh, that thing's bulky. It should not take only 51% yeah, right? of a plus two Dragonite Extreme Speed. Um, uh, rejoice, yeah. LA Things citizens. LA. <laughs> Your cops are doing the Lord's work. I feel like they Your should be Pokemon. promoted for their... Uh, they're uh it's they're time excellent to pokemon, pokemon stop your abuse of the system pokemon go to that robbery pokemon <laughs> go to jail <laughs> pokemon go to, to court um <laughs> that's upset nvidia shield owners rejoice because the android 11 update is coming to your streaming box and it will bring with it improved 4k streaming and gaming plus some extra compatibility functions. The latest update being rolled out to an NVIDIA Shield devices, packing an operating system upgrade to Android 11. And, excuse me, with that comes some other nifty changes and a bunch of increased compatibility. With the Android 11 upgrade, we will see new apps that are happy to play nice on the NVIDIA Shield. For those that user their device, for those that user their device, nice typo, use their device to stream video. It looks like good news all around. The update includes IMBD TV service that boasts free movies and TV shows. Apple TV, Google Play now have 4K Dolby Vision HDR support and IQIYI is also there providing tons of free movies and shows from Asia. The NVIDIA Shield can also connect to their own catalogs from various service. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those in the United States can also sign up to a deal offering six months of free access to the premium Peacock. Uh, I already pay for that. But if you want to give me six more months, three, I'll take that. Uh, the gamers updates have been made to GeForce Now compatibility. NVIDIA's game streaming service is a paid membership. Let's use your stream from a powerful PC in the company's care rather than needing one of their own. Uh, you know, sometimes it works better than other times. Um, da, 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 da. But yeah, basically just some some new support for Dolby Vision and some apps and probably some other quality of life improvements. Sega, in happy news, has said it will not proceed with the NFT plan, quote, if it is perceived as simply money-making. Uh, we need to carefully assess many things, such as how we can mitigate the negative elements of NFTs. So, what else was it going to be? Well, it's what a were way you trying for artists to, do? to, you know, it's a way for gamers to to own a piece of their favorite game. Peter, <laughs> sure, I, talk to people about okay. this, like about this a little bit. I I don't know how far this. I I see some of like. I see what they want to do. I just, I still don't see the value of it. There is no value in an NFT. <laughs> because the, so somebody, somebody did say maybe this could work. Um, because there was the idea of like, let's say you're watching, I'll, I'll just say League of Legends because the most I'm familiar with. Let's say you're watching League of Legends. Uh, you're watching like, like the championship, world championship, whatever. And, uh, your favorite team wins, and then they turn around. And they say, "Hey, I'm selling my skin that I won the worlds with as an NFT." 
I so like similar to like how you buy like a, signed a jersey that was worn, signed baseball, worn jersey, signed jersey, whatever. Um, or Here's like the even even though. like those are physical things that you own. Yeah, they're not yeah. things that exist on a server at the behest of some random company. Exactly, and and they have crazy amounts of value. The only way I think it would work because like when I think of like skins, I think of skins in a game that are like. Everybody has them. So, like, you're the only one that knows. Like, you don't, you can't, like, show it off and people be like, oh, my God, that's, uh, that's Sneaky or that's, a uh, uh, whoever, FaZe Clan's skin that they won Worlds with or whatever. Oh, my God, I know that. I know that skin. But League does this thing where they, they take the winning team and they make a skin for them and then they sell that, the, the skin, uh, in their shop. Or whatever. What I think would be a cool idea is if they like made like special things for the team that would like win. Like they, you know how like they make the jerseys for the Super Bowl, they put the Super Bowl patch on it or whatever. Yeah. And those are now special jerseys because they're unique. Um, what if they did that for like a championship game and then they also made like a thousand NFTs or something like that? And then each player could take the thousand nfts of that special skin that was only played in this game and then sell it to sell it to other people and be like hey this is my my unique uh world championship skin uh and put it out there somewhere and then cut the game company a, a percentage obviously for for making it that's the that's like the only way i i don't know this is such a weird yeah, I mean, valueless thing. I'm trying to find the value in it, and it, there is none. I, I think the only like, reason it has value is because human beings have a design flaw where they need to speculate on anything that they can possibly speculate on. We can we can have as many opposable thumbs as we want, and that is two. Um, but we will never get past the fact that we still have monkey brains, and <laughs> we get hyped about somebody taking a sheet of ice and just smashing it on the on the ground. And I just go, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I mean, that's just how we're wired. I mean, you see a Imagine. monolith standing there and you just, you just yeah. smash a skull with a, with a fi hammer. I, I mean, I get it. I, we've all been there. Come on. Come on. Yeah, we've all been among there. The, who amongst us has not done that? Uh, Steam smashes 28 million concurrent users, many of them likely playing among us. Uh, nearly three million more than last year, so it's a it's a new record, a new record. Smash Brothers soundbite dot gif. Um, and lastly, Dying Light Two, according to the developers, will take five hundred hours to fully complete. Um, there have been articles that say stop bragging about how long your game is. There have been some people who said don't threaten me with a good time. Um. They they have the official Twitter account has issued a clarification. We wanted to clarify a recent communication about how many hours are required to complete the game. Dying Light 2 Stay Human is designed for players with different gameplay styles and preferences to explore the world how they see fit. See below the handy infographic, which I will now transcribe with words to you now. Uh, 20 hours needed to complete the main story. 80 hours needed to finish main story and all of side quests. 500 hours 
time needed to max out the game with all main and side quest choices and endings, checking out every place on the map, every dialogue, and finding every collectible. Which seems reasonable, actually, when they break it down like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, Dying Light 2, dead, haunted, ghost things. Um, just like Ghostbusters Afterlife. So it's dead. Haunted ghost things. I've got lots of notes here. Um, some of them are funny. I will. First impressions. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't hate it. I don't know that it'll go as far as you know. It was pretty decent. I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know, it, it's not as good as Ghostbusters, but I didn't expect that. Um, but it's better than Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, it's better than 2016 Ghostbusters. Um, but I liked it a lot better than Ghostbusters. Yeah, I think it's it's maybe a little bit below Ghostbusters 2 in terms of quality. But, um, you know, like, it, it's not bad. I, I, I found myself, not a lot of them. Um, I think I laughed at more of my jokes than I did the jokes in the movie. But I laughed at some of the jokes in the movie. I felt... That you know, especially for child actors, the uh, the acting was pretty good in it overall. Yeah. Um, I you know, there's a lot of the soft reboot. Hey, remember this sort of sort of stuff going on. Um, mm-hmm. but you know that just kind of comes with the territory. I think they did enough different that it felt like its own story, even though it did borrow heavily from the events of of the original Ghostbusters. Um. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, it's it's not a bad watch. I'm not I'm not sure how strongly I recommend it, but I'd say you could you could watch it. Like I don't don't pay anything for it, but watch it when it comes to streaming, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I I mean, I'm no I'm no Ghostbusters aficionado. I mean, I haven't seen them all. I haven't seen I haven't seen Ghostbusters the 20 what 2014, 2016 one. The one we don't speak about. Um, so I haven't really seen that. I just know it was terrible. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect going into this because I heard both ends of the spectrum. I heard people really enjoyed this. I heard people hated it, similar to the all-female cast one. I was I was impressed. I actually liked this one. I, I thought this was okay. I, I There were some moments where there was some like heavy-handed, like, oh, okay, we get it. You're poor. You're autistic. The ghosts. I don't think she's um, autistic. Were... I think she's just Egon's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, there was like a there was like a specific moment where she was like, "I don't express feelings the same way," but yeah. on the inside, I want to throw up. So it's like, okay, you're saying it without whatever. Yeah. Regardless, I thought her character. I actually, she was my favorite character. I thought I would like Paul Rudd a lot more, but. Honestly, I, I yeah, I wasn't expecting him to kind of be bit. the Rick Moranis character. Yeah, he was kind of lacking a little bit. I thought he was uh, he was okay. I mean, he was Paul Rudd, but I I I think I expected a little bit more out of Ant Man. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very uh, coherent. There were just like a few slight problems, but I mean, you know, they all got their their yeah. Issues. It's it's a flawed movie in some ways, but it's not so flawed that it can't be enjoyed 
Yeah, I also think they did a, a very safe route too, where they kind of took a lot of beats from the first one, and they were like, okay, this is kind of how we need to mirror it in our own way, and make it fit in the story. But uh, I think it worked. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, I, these are one of the, some of the movies I describe as um, summer camp movies, in that you can put them on on a rainy day at summer camp, and the kids will just watch it. For like an an hour, two hours, much or, as they did yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It is one of those movies, um, and that's that's how I felt watching. I was like, I was kind of like vibing in and out of it. You know, I didn't at no at no point was I caught off guard by vile garbage spontaneously falling from <laughs> people's mouths. Um, that helped. Uh, the the lack of cringe helped. Um, now this one's a left field one, um, but I really liked the score because it was the '86 Ghost or the '84 '84 Ghostbusters score, which it doesn't thematic like it doesn't like kind of fit the setting because the setting is like a rural town out west. Yes, it is the antithesis of, of Manhattan. Yes, yeah, so a jaunty um, jazz piano doesn't fit the setting but it fit the tone of the movie really well and it was like an actual score uh which it just it gave me the nice feelings i felt nice watching this movie yeah and it also had the uh the good sense not to try to remix the ghostbusters theme no they put a uh, they played it at the end and they put a different, like, ending, you know, one of those early credits crawls over it. And I was like, oh, that fits, too. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it, was, it was fine. Like, I, I don't really have a long list of complaints with the movie. I feel like there, was, there were maybe some missed opportunities to do something a little more, I guess. But in terms of all the pieces fitting together. I think it worked as a one-off. If they try to turn this into a series, I think it's going to kind of run out of steam pretty quickly. Um, but you know, for, for a, a one-off movie that kind of ties a bow on ghostbusters. I think this was nice. You know, my one, my one regret is that they didn't do this. When Harold Ramis was alive, mm-hmm. um, they couldn't get it done, I guess. But you know, and and my also, I guess my major complaint, and this is kind of hinging in the spoiler territory, so I guess we'll we'll make that warning now, is just how thick they laid on. Oh, Egon was such a jerk to his family, and he left us, and he 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 did this, he did that. I'm like, that's the one guy out there who can't have any input on the script and you know he's dead and yeah. everyone's just dunking just on him dunking on him for the whole movie i know they they did the they did the switcheroo where he was like actually you know a good a good guy all along which you know everyone knew that had to be it because like the way they were characterizing him was just so not his character you know like he didn't strike me as the type of guy who would run off on his family 
endanger them with a science experiment, absolutely, but run off on them, no, not so much. No, he he's always he was always kind of the head in the clouds scientist. Uh-huh. Um but they all they kind of twisted that into crazy hermit. Yeah, and I I do appreciate how they had his ghost be a helpful ghost. Um, they first introduced it with a chess move, so I wrote my notes, the ghost of Bobby Fischer has entered the chat. Um, oh my god. Which, I kind of oh liked god. it better when it was the ghost of Bobby Fischer in my headcanon. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then he takes the form, so I, I guess we, we're just talking about the, the story now. Um, he takes the form of a lamp, which um, is... I don't think it's a reference. I don't think the director even knows about the game Ghost Trick, but that game also had the spirit of a mentor ghost possessing a lamp. I don't know that he possessed the lamp so much as he was yeah. moving the lamp to show them I things. thought he was moving it. Yeah, I thought he was moving it to show things, and I thought he was just like flipping light switches or using ghost electricity Regardless. to turn on lights. That's... I, the uh, the similarities were uncanny. And you know, or like, he's a ghost lamp. Or he's a ghost lamp. You know, he might he may well have been. Alive. Even though Ray is the one who's alive. Yeah. Um, been, you know the Ray one. That's kind of what I thought when when I saw the Ecto one in the garage. I'm like, there's no way Stance didn't keep that. There's like zero chance. But then they when they yeah. call Dan Aykroyd, he he explains. He explains the plot for you. Plot dump. Which he is the perfect person yes. to explain the plot because I feel like you can do this at any time of the day. Like if you have his number, like his secret number, you can call up and he will explain some variety of the occult to you. And there there yeah. are a lot of things about like they, they tied the bow on a lot of things very well. Um like uh podcast. <laughs> podcast character is, is very relatable <laughs> to us i'm sure um but uh i like how dan Aykroyd was was his his listener his only his one subscriber <laughs> i mean that that fucking that checks out right <laughs> and uh i thought that was that was a cute way to do it um you know i was i was simultaneously touched and creeped out by uh by ghost egon Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they didn't try to like fucking. They didn't make him talk. Grand Moff Tark and his voice together. He didn't. It, he didn't yeah, look like a crime nice. against nature. That. Entirely. Yeah, and he he looked good. I, I think it also helped because they like had to add scruff to him and make him look older. Yeah, they make them and, look uh, like his, I, his more recent photos. I was confused. <laughs> As maybe on me, but I, I was confused at why they didn't show like any of his face in the beginning, and they just like kind of showed his beard. And I'm like, oh. Right. He's dead. <laughs> um, I felt I there like, were some odd choices. Oh, like yeah. I felt like uh, showing unedited clips of like actual horror movies in a movie for kids was an interesting choice. They all featured uh, things biting, though. So I was like, oh, that's going to be a callback. Uh, but it wasn't really it wasn't really as much of a callback as I, I had thought it'd be. But it was it was dogs. Yeah, it was dogs. I mean Cujo. Uh, when I when he said Cujo, I was like, oh boy, Cujo. Wonder if that's because there's gonna be some dogs later in the movie. Eggs. Uh-huh. Um, there was, but then Might they be. showed one of the Child's Play movies, and mm-hmm. and it was also biting. 
And I was like, oh, is, is it going to be a biting thing? Uh, but there was not really a biting thing. I guess those are into biting. Muncher? Muncher was, a, Muncher was a biter. So I guess maybe that that was the, the lead up there. Oh, um, man. Um, I thought that was pretty creative, too, how they used Muncher to break into the uh, the vault in the police station. I, But he could phase through objects. I, I mean, I, he but probably he just saw the metal hungry. and was like, I'm hungry. Yeah, it probably just, I'm, I was putting on that, but I'm just like, what if he just wanted to get out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff was convenient, but at the same time, yeah. oh, there was there was some points where I thought, you know, that's pretty clever. Um, the one, I've, I've heard some complaints that were, I want to address a little bit, like at the end when the original three Ghostbusters show up, I, I saw a review that complained about like, well, how did they know where to go and and how did they get their own equipment? I'm like, that's pretty reasonable to assume that they held on to their equipment and knew his address. Mm-hmm. They kind of at least understood yeah. a little bit where it might be. Well, he did say that he called him like a year, uh, like ten years prior, and was like, hey, you know, if you ever want to help me out, come to this address or whatever. Yeah, like it's not like he. That's a pretty easy one. Like, I don't feel like you need to explain in great detail how that happens. Like, it's it's pretty easy to connect those dots. There was also a giant space, uh, a storm cloud or over the house. <laughs> like, yes, that might have been the tip off. As soon as they landed in Oklahoma, they're like, "Yeah, I think that's hey, that might be where we need to go." It's a good thing their flight did get delayed because they <laughs> they were like running right from the airport. Um, and my favorite, I'm so glad they did it. They had the Yugoslavian fashion model ask if Ray was a god. <laughs> and they were like, Ray? Ray. <laughs> yes, yes, we're all gods we're all here. <laughs> perfect. It was great. Um, I just thought about this now. And it's not so much a missed opportunity as a joke that I thought up that would be hilarious. Perhaps for me personally. But uh, when they all show up, it would have maybe been funny if they all just immediately had to use the bathroom because they've been on a giant road trip and they're all yeah. old yeah. and have so they all large have... prostates and just need to yep. pee all the time. That would be a pee that's, that's an appropriate entrance for Ghostbusters because, as many people have said, the longer it goes on, the schlubbier they have to get. Yeah. So them all kind of like stumbling out of the ec- their car, be like, Hold up, I, hold up. We just drove for like three hours. Yeah. We're, Normally I'm against really, injecting levity like that into a climax, but that would have been good. I would have excused that. They they did they did an appropriate amount of levity in this. Um mm. and I definitely feel like they uh the, I mean the guy it was written by like the uh Jason Reitman or yes. Ivan yeah, Reitman's son, I think, directed yeah. it. Um, and Ivan Rettman, I believe, was also a, a producer on it. it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jason uh, Rettman wrote it and directed it. Okay. Um, and he's Ivan Rettman's son, who did the original Ghostbusters. So he definitely knew what to do with this. this definitely felt more let, Ghostbusters than Ghostbusters 2016 yeah. did. And to let definitely in the end, the end is when this really comes alive, pun intended. Um, and it. it kind of shows it's it's the spirit of it uh pun intended uh for how the the jokes kind of shine through and they definitely probably let uh uh 
you know, the original Ghostbusters kind of do their own thing and interject their improv here and there, input on the and the writing. So I, I mean, there was the one-liners like the Coco, like, "Hey, we're all going inside for Coco," and some of us are putting rum in it. Yeah, like you know, that was a Bill Murray. Like that's he, a that's a Bill Murray. He probably lip. added he probably added the rum into it. Like that was his his input, or maybe he wanted the Coco. So I definitely felt that a lot towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, delete Finn Wolfhard from this movie. Yeah, definitely one of the weaker parts, and it sucks because he was one of the, I guess, bigger names. He was there to be- it, but it's like Finn again. Welcome the con- to your first um, uh, notoriety casting. You're here to add name yeah. power to this picture. I guess because I mean was, like his character. I mean, not a central focus, but he has. He literally drives some relevance <laughs> to. No, I mean I, he I he wish. hooks up with the local kids a little bit. He gets connected to that. He finds the shaft, or is shown the shaft. I wish. I I think there was purpose there. I I think they should have done a little bit more in the beginning, showing that he was because I don't think I I didn't see it, but. I, like what? What's his affinity to cars? Like he knew how to repair that car. Uh, like we just saw him just tinkering well, he with a fucking socket. He didn't fix it. He needed Egon's ghost to fix it for him. Um, in the end, because mm-hmm. he had that wire yeah, loose. Which, um, yeah, I wonder what what there was exactly. But he knew something apparently. Well, or he, he could just he be into cars, you know. Like she's in the science. Yeah, but that he's wasn't established. Like. Like that, I, I, like they established the little girl with like the science. Like she's the first shot she's doing. She's getting, she's drawing power for from her, uh, from her neighbors to power her wood lathe, and it's like, I we just didn't get that with Finn's character. Also, I don't remember his, his fucking name. If they're but. so poor that they can't make their rent, how the fuck did she get a lathe? They are not inexpensive machines. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, of, unless a lot of like, don't ask why she knows these things, which. If so, I understand why they didn't do it this way. But an alternate plot for this movie could have been that Phoebe was like a normal, maybe a little shy kid, you know, maybe a little awkward, but they get to Somerville and she starts acting weird. She starts like really going and like she starts and you know, like she she's knows, possessed by Egon. Yeah, yeah. Or she's like channeling Egon's spirit. That would be. I could see that kind of like is like um, not. Fi- what's it's not like fish out of water, but you know that kind of yeah. comedy where um, they like a Freaky kind of, Friday sort of deal. Yeah. Um, I yeah. get that, but I I really liked how she was like. Oh yeah. She was like like mini Egon. Inside, I'm like, vomiting is one of the most relatable quotes in movies of the last like decade. Also, the scariest thing yeah. in this movie was that forty year crunch forty year old crunch bar. And the uh, yeah. pocket yeah. of one of the Ghostbuster suits, which somehow fit the kids. Again, that's one of those things you're not. <laughs> yeah, it really should have been a baby Ruth, just so they could make an extended Caddyshack reference. But I mean, you saw him eating a Crunch Bar and and. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, the whole thing about it was that it was all the all the all of Egon's favorite snacks showed up: the Cheez Its, the Crunch, and the Twink, the, the Twinkie. Twinkie. Yeah, the Ecto one. Um, Which looked surprisingly well, but I mean, it's a Twinkie. It's a Twinkie. So they will survive nuclear explosions. Um, okay. Can we? Um, we should talk about the Walmart sequence. Uh, um, 
other than the fact that it is in a pristine Walmart, which is not damaged heavily by the by the trampling of the um, dog person, the dog dog. I mean, um, I need to. I I appreciate the perverse glee that um, the Reitmans took in massacring the little baby marshmallows. Yes. It's the Samurai Jack principle of it's technically not alive, so we can do horrible things to it. Yeah, um, there was that. I also got a perverse enjoyment from the product price placements in that scene. Um, there were many, um, mm. and it was it was amusing because it, it it avoided product placement largely for the whole movie until you got to the I, Walmart yeah. scene. Um, I I think I think that's an okay thing to just if you if you have to have it. It makes it more realistic. Like if you're gonna set it in a Walmart, don't give me like products. like wrapper jeans or some made up brand. Like you know Wrangler's fine. Like that's what you would see in a Walmart. Compare this scene to the scene which I just saw on TikTok the other day. The scene in Transformers, I fucking whichever one had uh, the the. the Evil Optimus, uh, Galvatron, whichever one had Galvatron, with uh, Stanley Tucci saying, do you like music? And then he has the Transformium make a Beats pill. Uh, Beats pill. Uh, Try the pill. Yeah, much, much more acceptable. That was out of place, kind of weird, stood out to you, and was like, I don't like that. Whereas, like, okay, I can see Paul Rudd going... And like shopping for Baskin Robbins with all the uh, mocha mocha chip or whatever it yeah, was with all the nostalgia callbacks there, um, and the the horror movies they had shown in there. Um, when he's doing this Walmart thing and there's all these ghosts and shit running around there, I'm like, does does Sony own the Evil Dead? Because this would this would be a great time for an Ash cameo. <laughs> Can we get that crossover? Um, but sadly, and honestly, the Walmart scene could have been a lot more egregious with like product placement. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, he could have. It wasn't bad. I, I only saw Wrangler and then Walmart itself as really egregious. I mean, you had the Baskin Robbins and the different flavors of, of the sauce and whatnot. Uh, but Stay Puffed is a fake brand, so that's you know, yeah, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't gratuitous. Um, there were some things that were kind of like, uh, well, this exists for no other reason than it makes for a cool shot, like the gunner seat on the Ecto-1 and the, uh, RCXD trap. Oh yeah, those, those are the toys. When they were, when they were hunting down, uh, Muncher and they, they wrangled him with the car. I'm like, oh, well, it's awfully convenient that they had the, uh the mobile trap for just this scenario. <laughs> it's- I, my head canon is there's a deleted scene where before that the kids are messing around with the trap and they have, she has an extra one and he's like, Oh, what if I taped it to this RC car that can drive 60, 70 miles per hour? Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw another complaint that I want to address quickly here, um, about how at the end, um, her proton pack was able to hold off Gozer by itself, in the, in and the, the other ones struggle. weren't. Um, I could, I can easily see that the one she had was upgraded uh, in the time that Egon was being a recluse. Yeah, uh, she put all her points into beam strength. That's that's a very believable thing to me. 
So I would I would like people to stop complaining about that. She hundred percent, and it was just holding. And was, she was just holding it off. Guide. Got the upgrades for slime yeah. tether, for yeah. Uh, they they did not follow the the guide on how to beat this game. They could have done this so much more quickly if they just used slime tether. Yeah, and and <laughs> and she wasn't like beating her the she wasn't beating Gozer with with uh just one proton pack and even like ghost was just like holding holding her off holding it off yeah and, then, um, and I'm, they saw it all cross streams and do the whole shebang at the at the end which was uncrossing which was awesome. the streams was fine like i like how they played with your expectations a little bit at the end there and they didn't do the exact same thing there was no choose the form of your destroyer there was no other giant marshmallow man it was just the yugoslavian fashion model versus the ghostbusters in, yep. in in the battlefield of this dirt farm and it worked for what it needed to work for and you know i it, yeah. it's just there's nothing in this movie that like stands out as being transcendent like the first ghostbusters but i don't think that can exist again because even the ghostbusters 2 which was made with the same people was not nearly as good as the first one it's a lightning in the bottle sort of situation but yeah, I feel like this did a good enough job of capturing uh, nostalgia and bringing it into a format that might be more consumable for a new generation of consumers and tying a bow on the franchise. I, if they, like I said at the beginning, if they try to launch a new Ghostbusters series off of this, um, I don't know how that's going to work out for you. Um, yeah. I see. I can see that taking taking some hits. Like they would, and I feel like they might rely too much on older Ghostbusters. But I don't think Bill Murray and and the whole gang are going to want to come back for that. And honestly, production teams probably don't want to rely on that either. They want a new cast. Oh yeah, that's what new new blood. This new brood boots that they for, you know you can carry this franchise for the next ten years. Right. One one upshot of this, and I guess it's kind of supported by the post credit scene is that uh, Ernie Hudson's character, uh, Winston, um, Ernie was, uh, he's always kind of like the butt of some jokes because that was his biggest, that was like his big role and he really is still passionate about it. Um, and I think if this is going to be like a series, I think that becomes his kind of advantage because instead of being uh, joked on by people calling him like, you know, like, uh, holding on to former glory, he can kind of be in a role as like the the keeper of the the flame, and like he he can be the he can be the um, the Charlie uh, to the to the Ghostbusters, like Charlie's Angels, because he's got right. he's got the cash. He can he can support future Ghostbusting adventures. He's gonna fix up the car, and it's good. Good choice, making him that guy. Yeah, I mean, like, there are, there's always the guy, right? That this was their big success, and they all on. It was like Jason David Frank with Power Rangers, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they're really appreciative of of what the what that series or what the movie has has allowed them to do in their life. Because um, you know, you make money, you're you're getting something like that that's popular, and you're a popular character. You're going to be able to make money on the convention circuit for the rest of your life. Um. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ernie Hudson has spoke famously about how he was kind of like iffy on what they tried to do in 2016. He's like, I don't think this is what the fans want. Yeah. 
Um, and his cameo was like right at the end. Um, so you know he he likes it, and that's that's fine. Um, I I really I, I felt some some stirring in the emotions when he when he turned to Egon's ghost and said, "We've missed you." Like I felt like that was a real that was Ernie Hudson talking, not Winston. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that made me feel like, yep, that 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 was real emotion there. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- there's not a whole lot more to discuss here. Uh, at least on my end, I've said pretty much everything I wanted to touch on. Uh, the acting was surprisingly good. There's nothing wrong with this movie. It doesn't do anything like transcendent, and it's not as much of a laugh riot as the original Ghostbusters, but there are jokes that you will likely laugh at in this movie, which is an upgrade from Ghostbusters 2016, and the climax does not devolve into a big action schlock fest mm-hmm. like that movie did. Um, and there's no, like... I, you'll have to remind me, Kurt. I, it's going to be tough, because it involves us remembering what happened in the movie. Do they beat the big bad guy by zapping it in the dick? In Ghostbusters 2016? Yes, they do. They do. Okay. That, cause I, because I remember, feminism, I'm, yes, I'm sure. I remember I pr- predicted that they would be, like... They would kick it in the I don't know if they like beat it that way, but they definitely do shoot it in the dick. They shoot the marshmallow man and in, in, in in his ghost dick. Where his dick would be. Um and they they say it like very like, Yeah, shoot him in the dick. <laughs> um in fucking Melissa McCarthy's shrillest voice she can possibly make. Um Yeah, I I the way I describe it best is this movie was just tasteful all around. It's it's tasteful. I mean, it did a good job as being an homage to the original. Um, there was tasteful product placement when when necessary uh, or when required, I guess. Um, callbacks were tasteful. They weren't too egregious. They were subtle. Um, and then the, 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 the acting was, was very good, I thought, for especially for kids and whatnot. Yeah, I was um, very impressed the with, wasn't... with podcast and uh, Phoebe. Their actors were yeah podcast and McKenna Grace Logan shout out to Logan Kim and McKenna Grace McKenna Grace has been a couple things I think I don't know if Logan Kim has been in a oh, bunch of other one things. more note when she says she's twelve to Gozer there's no fucking way she's twelve she would she looks way too young to be twelve she does look twelve but I'm trying to look at her girls her, develop so uh, early <laughs> I have what I have her no photos like. Yeah, her uh, her whatever uh, IMDb photo is makes her look like she's like fifteen or sixteen. Maybe she's just very short, but her character is not made up to look uh, particularly mm-hmm. that age. I mean, my sister Hillary has pretty much been the same height since she was twelve. She's five eight. Mm. Yeah, and that okay. So yeah, in her IMDb headshot, she looks completely different and much older. Yeah, but she's been acting in a lot of things. I think yeah, she for, was in I, I since Tanya. she was young, so she's got she's got a lot of younger she was young uh, Tanya. shots in here as well. So she she's been around. She's been around the blocks. She's not. That's why I was surprised. She did a very good job. She's very natural. Oh, uh, she was born in two thousand six. No, we're not old. We're not old. That's, we're not old. That's we're not, not old. a di- people. People stop being born after nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, um, that's that's a well documented fact. 
2021 minus 2006 is 15. So she's actually 15. And she played a 12-year-old convincingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but I was, I was very pleased. Yeah. I, it's a good, like, good movie to watch. I watched this movie and I didn't hate it. Um, yeah, it has a lot of the same things that I kind of bitched about. The Force Awakens having it, but I felt it told enough of an original story, and it wasn't literally the same thing, and the there were no no huge leaps in logic were required to understand and appreciate this movie, like in that one. Shout out to J.K. Simmons as Ivo Shandor, that little little bit that he did. I didn't he's realize like, that was him. Oh my god! He's enjoying his cameo life. He's living the best cameo <laughs> life ever. He's getting paid bank he like two lines to be. You know, I'm sure he has like some residuals for No Way Home mm-hmm. in his contract, so he's making bank off of that. He did like you know a couple weeks of studio work and for Invincible, and I'm sure Amazon cut him a fat check for that. He's probably making decent money off of Ghostbusters Afterlife. He's he's, he's he's living life, man. He's doing those farmers insurance commercials for like a day of filming a piece, and it's probably some good money <laughs> from that. Uh, man's 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 found a career niche. Yep. Happy for you, J.K. He's he's making it work, and we're we're all rooting him on. We all we're all rooting for you. Um, so that's going to wrap on episode 297 of the Sound Studs podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your stay. Um, as always, you can check out soundstuds.com for links to all our stuff. Uh, we are affiliated with Iron Blood Gaming. You can follow them on Twitter. You can follow us while you're at it. We're at Studs Saturn. They're at IB Gaming, right? Is that right? Or Iron Blood? Iron Blood Gaming? Yeah. Is that yep. their handle? Okay. Yeah. That's that's a thing. Um, so follow them there, our YouTube channel. We're going to get back to regular uploads on the YouTube channel. I do have a closing date for my house. Hooray. So once I'm moved in, uh, everything in terms of like scheduling will return to at least the same sense of normalcy that it had prior to me moving back home. So um, yes. we'll be back on a more regular YouTube upload schedule. We'll be back on a uh, more regular streaming schedule. Uh, things things will be as they were uh, in November. Uh, just, just took a little while longer to get everything settled in and, and needed out on my end. But uh, it's happening, and we'll we'll have a new recording studio uh, for, for when we have to do shots up here. Peter and I will use it every week. Jake will use it twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> but I will spend the money on it all the same. <laughs> Um, so look forward to that. Um, look forward to our that for for uh, the podcast and for the streams and all that stuff. Uh, Twitch TV backslash Iron Studs. All the thing that's all our plugs. So until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye.